Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money of M 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle with Ellie Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for Why It Matters. And this morning, we're talking about this climate-critical world that we live in and how there is a mandate for companies to adopt ESG principles. It's like this here in Singapore, where SGX has mandated climate reporting for certain industries and also launched a digital disclosure portal for SGX-listed companies to report ESG data. Not only that, brands are equally keen to launch launch sustainability initiatives and communicate on sustainability given the rising consumer interest in this area. Now, when Patagonia announced that it is making Earth its shareholder, it raised the bar on how far a company can go when it comes to committing to climate change. But the question remains, how can brands communicate sustainability authentically and purposefully? And how can smaller companies and SMEs join in? Well, on the line with me this morning is Lena Marikan, who is Regional Managing Director for Mutant Communication. Good morning, Lena. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for helping me out. Mutant Communication, of course, a PR firm. Let's start off by talking about sustainability communications. Okay, what exactly does this entail? How is it done? Sure, no problem. I think sustainability communications in itself has um, a lot of different aspects and it really has evolved over the years. I think these days, though, there's two main key drivers that puts it in the spotlight. Um, The first part is consumers. You know, we do hold brands accountable and we really do expect more from brands and we really expect them to take action on environmental matters that, you know, as a topic of climate change eats up. And the second part is from a regulation standpoint as well, there's been a new mandate for companies to adopt ESG principles. In Singapore, for example, the SGX has mandated climate reporting for certain industries and just launched a digital disclosure portal as well for SGX listed companies to report on their ESG data. So because of that, you know, the the stress from consumers, stress from the uh, public policy side of things, more than ever, brands are keen to launch sustainability initiatives and communicate these given the rising public interest. So hence, you know, also, you know, from, from brands' perspective, there's all this pressure from Global with Patagonia announcing that, you know, now Earth is this major shareholder. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Actually, I like that you brought up the ESG communications part because ESG reporting versus sustainability communications, how different is it or how similar is it? And as a company, you know, I feel like I get confused in terms of telling my clients or my consumers about this. Mm, For sure. And I think, you know, there's a fine line between both. I think when you report you know, to, for example, if you're an SGX company and you report it, it really is data-driven versus on the communication side of this, you know, sometimes brands can take it one step further and there is an unfortunate trend of greenwashing Mm. when it comes to sustainability communication. So some brands do get caught up in the day-to-day and they tend to exaggerate their ESG credentials. Um, So when that happens, you know, obviously, Consumers are smart, right? They're not afraid to scrutinize, call out, or worse, boycott, or even cancel any un- undesirable behaviors. So on the flip side, I think the fear of being canceled also has led some companies, some brands who are doing ESG well, 
um, to not disclose their achievements or milestones on climate change as well. So there is a bit of a fine line <laughs> that people push it too far and those who don't, you know, talk about it enough. Yeah, because we react so quickly now, right, as humans and the, the way we consume any form of message, you know, via social media or whatever it is. So how can I ensure as a company that I am communicating this sustainability in a very authentic, in a very purposeful manner without looking like I'm just trying to jump on board a trend? Hmm. So I think as with all campaigns, the intention and execution, both are core parts of the strategy. And when there is misalignment on both, consumers can tell the difference. Um, So I think brands really need to do three things, right? One is take real action. So the action must precede amplification. As companies start building up their sustainability divisions, there must be a real change and commitment to its action. The second part is leadership. You know, sustainability communications need to be led from the top and your spokesperson, you know, is a bigger C-suite. Guys need to lead it. And I think the third bit is transparency. It really is the key in communications. Anything less wouldn't pass the sniff test. Actually, on on that bit on transparency, right, can consumers or or audiences tell uh, that a company is genuine in terms of being transparent? I don't think so. Um, Like, I can give an example for Xi'an, the fast fashion brand. So, obviously, you know, there's many things wrong when it comes to fast fashion. (laughs) And they try to, you know, also launch a campaign to donate that waste textiles um, to waste workers in Ghana, in Africa. So, you know, it's completely misaligned from the uh, end-to-end operations and how businesses run from a day-to-day perspective. So instead of getting kudos from consumers, they got a lot of flag for that. Mm, So that's an example of a company that's done it wrong. Any, in your opinion, any companies in your opinion that have done generally, you know, communicating this sustainability, generally being transparent, any examples of companies who have done it right? I do think the one brand that really stands mm. out well is uh, Patagonia. Cause, oh, you know, I know you mentioned yeah. it at the start yeah. as well, but it really does raise the bar on how far a company can go in committing to, to climate change. So, you know, they started this from early days where, you know, like if you buy a jacket from them, you know, it's a, there's a lifetime warranty because mm. they do think that, you know, that jacket should stay with you for life. Um, and now, you know, they've gone the distance in terms of like committing the entire company, entire brand to the environment as well. Yeah, that's like gold standard and something we all hope we can achieve one day. <laughs> Lita, let's talk about how smaller companies like, for example, SMEs, how they can roll out sustainability initiatives when you consider they have limited resources or they might think, oh, who's going to pay attention to me? What are your thoughts on this? It is tougher, but not impossible. Mm. I would say, you know, it really does take the entire company, um, even at an SME size and level, um, you know, for departments to work together because it's not supposed to be on any one department's responsibility. However, they should be an appointment of like a custodian of sustainability or a driver for change. And that person do, does need to work closely with you know, from the product team to the supply chain, manufacturing, operations, finance team, um, to work directly with the communications team as well to then talk about, you know, what um, they're trying to do better. However, you know, being SMEs, obviously, you know, there's a lot of other um, factors in play, I yeah. think, you know, in terms of resources. So I do think the power of collective action would help, though. For example, in Singapore, a lot of the food and beverage 
um, you know, F&B restaurants and bars. They've, some of them have come together to build a sustainability council. Okay. So it's really heartwarming to see how these restaurants have come together, forming alliance and trying to create a call to action as well to, you know, tackle some issues. Issues as simple as, you know, recycling your, your beer bottles and your cans and, you know, things like that. So I think, you know, one person, it's very hard for one company, one SME to make larger change. But if you band together, you can definitely take that to greater heights. I feel that with this sort of collective action, it can go as far as, for example, not totally related, but the whole 30 by 30 goal where you could support local farms, even though there are not many of them in terms of, you know, food for the restaurant. That in its sense is some kind of a sustainability ecosphere, right? That's right. Exactly. That's a great example. Wow. I'm quite good at this. <laughs> Lena, <laughs> I like the idea of creative storytelling. I mean, you guys are a PR firm. Communication is so important. Telling the right story is so important. How can creative storytelling amplify sustainability communication? I think that really helps because, you know, when you think of sustainability, you think of science, you think of data, you think of empirical studies, right? But to be honest, most people cannot remember data, cannot yeah. remember numbers, but we yeah. can remember stories. So, yeah. so you know, we, we actually brought this to life um, ourselves at Mutant. Okay. So as part of our 10th anniversary, we launched an entire uh, Mutant for Good campaign called Peering into Our Future. So we work with three ocean conservation groups the Coastal Natives, Asking for Reefs, and Ocean Purpose Project. Because, you know, when we spoke to them, we're huge ocean lovers, by the mm-hmm. way, beach goers. So when we spoke to um, the founders, we realized that, you know, there was a big challenge that they had in terms of telling the story and reaching the masses. Because, you know, while obviously Singapore is an island nation, um, you know, there were a lot of um, issues around ocean conservation, and they had a lot of data it was somehow not resonating with um, folks outside of the, the core volunteer group. Okay. So that's where, you know, we thought, okay, why don't we do this? Why don't we help with creative storytelling to amplify the need and importance of ocean conservation? So we launched um, a series of five short stories called Peering into Our Future. So it uses the data and we paired it with, you know, five award-winning like authors as well to use the data tell a story about the dystopian future that could happen if we don't do anything right now based on the data and the trends. So that's a lot scarier, right? Mm. <laughs> like reading through the stories versus like reading the data. Yeah. Actually, as you told me that, I was thinking that, you know, how far can this go in terms of the future of sustainability communications? I imagine that piece would have done well if it was short and on a platform like TikTok because that's where everyone's kind of consuming information and knowledge these days. Exactly, that's right. So the platforms are really important as well. Mm. I think, you know, if we wrote all those and, and published it in a book, um, I don't <laughs> think a lot of people have read that. However, you know, we did like uh, turn into bite-sized pieces and audiobooks into, um, you know, digital on the website. So you can download it on your Kindle. And of right. course, you know, we slice and dice it for social media as well. So the thing about sustainability communications as well, like you rightfully said, is that you need to go to the right platforms yeah. <laughs> where your audience is and tell the story in a creative way to try to drive some um, emotions and then that would drive action as well, ultimately. Mm. I've been speaking with Lena Marikan, who is Regional Managing Director for Mutant Communication. Lena, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care. Have a great week ahead, yeah? Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg 
or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.